Good afternoon and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my co-host and the unfortunate recipient of me bouncing ideas off him all week, Jim Stam. Jim, how you doing, brother? Oh, someone's got to do it, Gary. So I, I will listen and um, tell you what I think sucks and I'll tell you what I think's good. That's all I can do. So. Well, it's certainly not going to be my poor wife, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, And then... Uh, we're also joined by, and you can't see her, unfortunately, but we're joined by our good friend Graves, who, I mean, she's probably just now catching her breath from keeping up with Ben at the live show last week, and uh, she went and, and tried to do her due diligence and buy new equipment to be an even more stellar podcast guest, and and Dell has gotten in her way and prevented her camera from working. So, Graves, how are you doing? I'm doing great today, guys. I'm I'm happy to be here, and yeah, I've got some uh, troubleshooting here to do on my end, and uh, I. Uh, but for right now, you're just going to have a black screen. But uh, let's talk baseball and and uh, get this thing rolling. Well, Eddie's gonna Eddie's gonna take care of that. So you're just gonna be like this voice that Jim and I react to. It's kind of gonna oh, be like, okay, yeah, it's gonna be so, like uh, what Houdini did after his death and everything. Some. <laughs> Some might even say a voice from the graves, even, you know. Whoa. So. Whoa. <laughs> Mind blown, Jim. I'll be here all, all podcasts. <laughs> so we have some rather obvious topics to tackle today. And, I mean, the first one on the agenda, I think, is the ongoing CBA negotiations. Uh, they voted to communicate more regularly moving forward. Which, like, I yeah. thought that was really hilarious. I, I mean, um, the players gave up one of their biggest requests, uh, which was, uh, you know, kind of expected, I thought. They, I think that was a pipe dream to begin with. I can't help but feel like they really haven't moved the needle very much. The more I think about it, the less I think they've actually come together. So, are is talking enough progress, Jim? I mean, should we feel positive about this? Or did you see such a lack of movement that it's actually kind of taken you the other direction now? I think talking I think talking is good. As long as you're talking, something can come of it. Um, we've seen in the past where they just stop. I mean, and it is dead silence. And they're basically refusing to deal with each other. What it tells me um, is that any expectations that I had that something uh, impactful was going to get done with these negotiations, just from where they started and then what they seem to be focused on, that has diminished greatly for me. Um, and I wasn't already super hopeful about what they were going to uh, get accomplished as far as the competitive balance or anything of related to that in, in, in general. So to me, talking's good. I think that um, there's only a handful of things that they've got to make progress on. 
because I think that will satisfy both parties enough, and then they'll try to get together and get the season going. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree the, with you, man. I mean, it feels like a punt, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel like a punt until um, until I actually feel like they've moved on some of the super important things enough that they're going to actually come together. Um, and I don't feel like they've done that yet. No. So when we talk about it not being super impactful, I'm going to hold out a little bit reserve judgment because uh, until I start feeling like they're about to make a deal, I, I, I'm I'm holding out hope that something goes nuclear, to be honest with you. Uh, Graves, what do you think? I, I, I feel like I've called it a punt enough that I think I'm tired of making the reference. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm encouraged that they're talking. You know, when we waited the 40, what, 42 days before the the MLB actually made their first proposal and, and uh, it, you know, I, I said, you know, I really hope the players don't like take that long to, to counter and, and they didn't. So, you know, they've met back to back days now. I'll take that as a positive sign. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't see that. I, I still I still feel that they're so far apart on some bigger issues. Yes, the players conceded. There's been some concessions this week, but I think they're still so far apart, and there's still some some bigger components that they're going to try to agree with. I I don't see this happening anytime soon. I could uh, I could actually uh, you know see some delay to the season. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard some talk about, uh, you, you know, typically in, in April and May, you know, you have a lot of rain out, you have this, you have that. And, and, and uh, if, the, if the owners missed out some games then, they, they wouldn't uh, cry too much about it. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I read something about that, too, where the player or the owners probably wouldn't care about losing the early season games. And I I'm not 100% sure that I'm on board with that. Well, I'm not either, but as we saw in 2020, all they cared about was getting to the playoffs. And by golly, that's where they made their money and and everything was happy. And they did everything they could to get that World Series in and the playoffs in and uh, and, uh, name a champion. And uh, so I think there maybe could be some truth to it. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see see what happens. Let, let's put it this way. It, it, it won't be the driving force behind anything. Um, I think that that's just kind of seen as maybe some collateral damage, if, if, if anything. But I don't think that's going to be any, in, in my opinion, anything that's going to, like, sway the negotiations one way or the other. Um, so what's the one thing that you think both sides – have that they can give up and should give up that would really move this thing closer to being a deal. What's on the table that you think that's ridiculous. Stop asking for that. For me, it's the players asking for um, revenue sharing to be decreased and uh, their tax threshold to be raised as much as they've asked almost 35 million. Yeah, the numbers that, that have been been thrown out there uh, seem pretty crazy at the at 
this point. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to become both sides are going to have to get a little bit more realistic um, with those numbers if anything's going to happen um, in that regard. But uh, but yeah, where they're at right now, um, there's a lot of work to be done. I didn't have a problem with what the players suggested for the um, the minimum salary tiers, though. I thought that was actually pretty reasonable. They they only came up, but you know, hundred thousand or so. I thought that was pretty that was doable. I, I think the owners should kind of bend on that a little bit. I'll tell you what, guys. I think that this is this is uh, tells you my expectations at this point. I think if the players can walk away with getting the younger players, those raises that they want and maybe getting a little bit of like the arbitration for some of these younger players, um, some more money involved in that. I think they'd walk away and almost take it. It, Like I, I just see the players as really having some low expectations of what they're going to be going to get out, get out of this in general and they'll hold out for as much as they can, and then eventually they'll just accept it. You know, I I think that's the way it's trending, and I think if they are going to play relatively close to on time, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be an almost 100% player cave. Um, the owners have made it pretty clear they're not giving up the years of control, and uh, I, I think if that's not going to be a major sticking point, they have every shot of getting this game back on the field this year. If the, if the players decided to make that a major point, I think that we might actually be in for a pretty long, dragged-out battle. But all in all, I guess it's as encouraging as you want it to be. If you wanted a full-blown cap, it's probably pretty disappointing. But I don't think this was the cycle for that anyway. I do think it's the cycle for starting to lay the groundwork and starting to hear the owners chatter about it, which is reminiscent to what happened in other leagues. So on track for for what I think is coming, just not sure when. Yeah, and and just to let everybody know, uh, Gary uh, has a great piece on that on uh, Inside the Bucks Basement, and I forget what you what it was titled, but uh, ten um, months and four days. Yeah, so uh, just kind of uh, breaking things down and uh, comparing things. So if you missed that, I would really encourage people to go find it because it's uh, it's it's just an excellent piece, and I think it can kind of um, uh, clarify some things on where things hopefully can go at some point in time. Ugh, CBA just... It sucks because we have to talk about it. It's definitely something happening. But, man, it gets really boring. Like, oh, these two guys sat in a room and, and they, they tossed some folders across the table. and walked out, You know, like there's just there's nothing entertaining about that at all. So let's go ahead and end this segment now. And when we come back, let's talk about something at least a little more interesting than that. And we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Um, 
you know, I already told you, we had a couple topics that were kind of teed up for us that we kind of couldn't avoid. And the Hall of Fame is one of those subjects. Um, David Ortiz made the Hall of Fame, and um, I guess we should talk about it a little bit. I feel like I'm being told most of what I grew up watching was was cheating and, you know, (laughs) stuff I shouldn't look back on fondly. But uh, Graves, I don't think anyone was surprised here with the result. How, how do you feel about the whole thing? Well, first of all, congrats to David Ortiz. I mean, I think he is uh, deserving, um, you know, to, to, to be enshrined and to be elected. So congratulations to him. And, and uh, I mean, he's uh, pretty uh, – when it comes to playoff baseball, and, and I mean, he's uh, – He's clutch, and uh, I'm not sure that there's uh, too many too many better. So congratulations to him. Um, the The whole process to me, uh, to say the least, is is infuriating. Um, I, I'm with you, Gary. Uh, you know, I feel like my my childhood was 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 a lie. You know, uh, there's no denying that. Uh, you know, PEDs have been a part of the game for as long as we can remember, you know, I was uh, reading an article today about, uh, I mean, back in the early uh, 1900s, they were reading horse testicles. And, and uh, so you go from horse testicles wow. to greenies to steroids. So, <laughs> That's yeah, quite an escalation. Yeah. This, took a, this escalation. took a weird turn. <laughs> yeah. You know? And uh, so I, I had to, I had to throw that in there, but. Uh, no, that's great. Now I've got to go read about this. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll share the link to with you. So definitely, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping Chris doesn't see his Google history. But oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send her a message too. So I tell her it's okay. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> no, but you're right, Graves. I mean, there's been different kinds of cheating, and and whenever you know you're in a competitive sport. You're gonna yeah, have I that. think you're gonna try to take every advantage you can. I mean, Jim, I remember absolutely. And I remember you know, Armir Yager put too much curve on his stick. You know, right. <laughs> I think the the thing that really eats at me more than anything is the is the character clause. You know, we've that in the and it's you know yes I know the Hall of Fame it's a it's a guideline and this is what they they want you to look at. But if we learned anything over the last few years about guidelines, people don't follow them very well. So I'm not, I don't I don't like the the high moral standard of oh well you know we we have to keep them out because they cheated. But nobody ever really cared until the numbers started being broken and the records were broken and and Barry Bonds went you know and. and on his tear and and I I guarantee you every game of the 1998 season I was living in Illinois at the time I watched every one of those Sammy Sosa home runs and I was glued to the TV right. and I'm sure everybody else was too because that I was exciting center every night to see Sports how every night, Sosa you know were, yep going back and forth and, and Sosa hit one and then you had to find out if McGuire hit one and how close they were and I mean that brought back fans from the from the strike of ninety four, uh, and and I hate that everybody ignored it from the commissioner to the owners to the coaches to the players. They were all eating it up, and they loved it. And now because records were broken, it's like 
okay, we, we can't let them in the Hall of Fame. And I think that eats at me more than anything because it was such an important part of the game and an important part of the history, and they're not getting recognized for the great things that they did. I, I, I agree with almost everything that you said there. I, I think for me it's mostly about public embarrassment. That, that congressional hearing had a hell of a lot more to do with why those players aren't in this <laughs> the, the hall than, than and, anything. And I, and I know a lot of people like to point at Sammy, you know, and him having his interpreter. But I tell you, if I was in a foreign, you know, semi-foreign country, a com- country I wasn't familiar with, and I had to go in front of Congress, I'd probably want an interpreter too. <laughs> you know, I, I would be scared. I would be nervous. So I, I, I don't like that so many use that as an excuse. Um, and, and I mean, other, I happen to think Sammy didn't have the numbers regardless. Well, we and, get, and, and that's, and that's <laughs> a good question. I, I love Sammy. So, you know, but I bet, you know, I can, I can, lightly, I can Gary, tread lightly. <laughs> now she's supposed to be a White Sox fan. So I'm not going to tread lightly when I'm smacking a cub. I'm sorry. Now, Jim, I mean, you have opinions on this, too, I'm sure. You know, this is your childhood, too. We're, we're just about the same age. so It's crazy. You know, even as I sit here and I'm listening, you know, to you guys talk about it, it's it's so many things are racing through my mind as, as we talk about it. And um, it just goes from everything from – my childhood and growing up watching baseball in the 80s and 90s and, you know, those years that I, I truly appreciate. Um, and then thinking about the cheating that's gone on then and before then. And then we've got the Astro stuff afterwards. And yet they're right. still seen as that that was that seen as okay and nothing really happened and I, I baseball has just gotten themselves in such a weird impossible place with this stuff and you know i almost wonder if it would just be easier to just say and and look maybe this creates problems too I, i'm not even sure but unless it comes down to something criminal like criminal charges and things of that nature that could keep guys out because you don't want that to be part of, you know, necessarily part of things. I mean, maybe that's where I would draw the line. Um, guys have been doing things forever in baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess like I I'm uncomfortable going back and relitigating the past. Like, for instance, the, you know, Ty Cobb is – supposedly like just a huge bastard there's just no other way to put it um yeah terrible person by all accounts plenty of records about that wonderful baseball player um do i go back and take him out of the hall no because a lot of what he did back then was completely fine there were still people doling at that point in, in our history yeah you know like the the country has evolved Things have changed. What was acceptable in society back then is not acceptable now. What's acceptable now will not be acceptable 100 years from now. I don't like going back through history and, and, and getting all upset because uh, so-and-so didn't want black players. Well, none of them wanted black players way back in the 30s. I'm sorry. You can say whatever you want. I can't go back and change that. 
you can't go back and change the way history happened in this country. It sucks. But you can't go take that away. Yeah. I, to me, I can't look at the Baseball Hall of Fame and take it seriously when an entire decade of what I grew up with isn't in it. Yeah. The and that's, best that's, of the best aren't in it. I mean, the best of the best, not of even that generation, but of all time in certain cases. Yeah, arguably. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, maybe Pittsburgh, maybe that's not the best place to have some of this conversation because when we talk Hall of Fame, then it turns to bonds. And then people in Pittsburgh clearly um, don't necessarily see that through uh, the most unbiased of glasses. I'm not 100% um, sure that Bonds is a, a Pittsburgh-only subject at this point. I really – I think he's no, such but, a, a sore thumb situation where it's really impossible to ignore that he's not in. No, but here's why I will say – here's why I will continue saying what I'm saying is because the other day I made the comment that I think Barry Bonds is the best hitter of my lifetime. That's just what I've seen. That's what I trust that I – you know, that my eyes tell me and looking at statistics and everything from his career to the beginning to the end. And my God, were my mentions all about Barry Bonds – can't throw a ball from left field and that he's a jerk and he's arrogant and um, things of that nature, which had nothing to do with the fact of me talking about him being a good hitter. So it just, I mean, it was an avalanche of that more than anything. So I just wish maybe we could take a step back, but I I mean, fans are fans and, and I get that, but um, you know, it, it overall, you're right. It, it, on a national scale, there's plenty still to take issue with. Sure. I, I guess uh, it's it's a hard one for me. I, I kind of tend to back off of the subject altogether because I'd rather just not care about it than get upset about it. Sometimes, I, yeah, sometimes it's easier not to not to care. I mean, it's it doesn't uh, – make any difference in uh, us being fans and, and loving the game and, and uh, kind of a choose your battle type of thing. You know, it, uh, the, the, uh, the voters vote and, uh, and they vote how they see it. And, and uh, that's pretty much all that we can do. And well, uh, it's unfortunate. And, and, and here's the other thing too, is like, and maybe this is, maybe this is where I deviate sometimes from, um, a lot of the, the, the thinking out there is sometimes with players, I just want to appreciate greatness. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I, I get very um, uh, enamored with that because of how special some of these guys were. And I'm talking about in whatever sport you want to, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about Barry Bonds. No, but there's special and there's, and there's, there's good. Like Ken Griffey Jr., special, just a special talent. I can I can appreciate that. Mike Trout is a special talent. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, for, like, and this may go over like a lead balloon in Pittsburgh, was a very good talent. 
I don't know how else to put that besides, you know, there is a difference. You see it. It's, it's palpable. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to just look at that and appreciate it for what it is. I get, I get so infatuated with great, the greatness of certain type of transcendent players and the things that they're able to do. And, you know, that's the, or guys that just had a, a special season that was just off the charts impressive. Like we can, I mean, I'll even go and throw in like a guy people never think of because he's not a Hall of Famer, but in baseball there for a couple of years. How fun was it to watch Lenny Dykstra play baseball? Yeah. I mean, someone like yeah. someone like that. And, you know, he's Ryan a Howard. Yeah. At, like D- Dykstra was an absolute train wreck of a human being and, and it appears, it appears that he still is, um, you know, I think he's been to prison. I think, you know, but, but man, it's hard for me to sit and watch some of these guys when they're doing what some of the things they are doing and not just be blown away by the skill. So, yeah. Um, even that you know, couple months of Josh Bell and, and, you know, way back when that, I mean, that was special. I mean, he was doing things that we're, we were comparing him to, like that period of time. They were comparing him to to all time greats, like yeah. Mickey Mantle type. Comparisons. Well, he was he, he was producing like that for you know two months exactly, like, and that was special yeah. as special could be. Now he's Absolutely. not a Hall of Famer, but again, you can sit back and appreciate that that period of time, and that that was unreal. You know, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a lost it's almost a lost art. I mean, yeah, I mean. Why can't we just appreciate that time and, and the, the good things and instead of, uh, you know, like Jim's tweet, why does everybody have to dump on about, uh, you know, all the negative stuff? Just uh, just enjoy it for, for maybe, simplicity. Maybe that's the best way to end this. And that's kind of our Hall of Fame message from from Pirates, uh, the Pirates fan forum, I think, is, hey, you know, these people may not get in the Hall of Fame. They may not ever get in the Hall of Fame, but that should not stop you from looking back and appreciating what they did. You just don't have a bus to go stare at. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And, and, and if at the end of the day, all you're going to do is, you know, overlook what McCutcheon did for those couple seasons when he was just, I mean, at his peak, but yet, he left and you want to bad mouth him or you don't want to appreciate those couple months from Josh Bell that were, that were literally historic, you know, in historic comparison type situations. Um, and then you just want to talk about how he stunk and we got nothing for him, which doesn't make sense, but that's what people do, right? He stinks, right. but we got nothing for him. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, you've got to, you've got to be able to look at some of that stuff and go, yeah, Okay. There are some factors in there that may um, uh, be things you could argue argue against and and try to diminish it. But man, don't we watch sports for amazing performances and yeah. just just historic type things? We get to see that, and then we all want to throw it in the trash. And I just don't want to. I just don't want to live in that space. Well, speaking of. Speaking of these amazing performances, the next subject we're going to talk about after this break is who our picks are to surprise next season for the Pirates, both good and bad. And I can't wait to hear what everybody has to pick from here. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
right, and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum. And, you know, it, it's only fitting that we should actually talk Pirates, huh? I mean, we talked CBA and Hall of Fame, and, you know, neither of those are really Pirates topics. So I thought, heading into 2022, we already discussed we kind of feel pretty good that we're going to end up having a 2022. I want everyone to name and describe their picks to surprise this season, good and bad. And I'm going to get us started here. My pick for a good surprise, and I'm, I'm going to be really bold here, and I think I'm probably going to get laughed at. Uh-oh, spice, spicy take incoming. It's not going to be Kevin Newman. I know that's what you wanted it to be, Jim. <laughs> I'm going to say my good surprise is Mitch Keller. I think Mitch Keller oh, is going to light it up this year. RIP your mentions, dude. I, Keep I going. Think, Keep going. I think Mitch Keller figures it out this year. I really do. I think he, he he's not just somebody that we're going to get through the season with. I think by the end of this season, he's going to be somebody that you legitimately want them to use. You'll be excited to see him pitch. That's my take. Mm. I like that. T- tell me, tell me, um, yeah, I'll put you on the spot, Gary, because this is what we do. Tell me why. Like, give me, give me something that I can, that I can chew on a little bit that, t- that, that makes me feel a little more comfortable about that. I am really encouraged by the work that he's been putting in this offseason. And I don't just mean the few Instagram videos that I've seen. Um, been been reading a lot of scouting um, things about him, adding velocity, pitching trainers, talking about things they're working on with him, the placement, the velocity, the movement on, on the off-speed stuff. Seems like things are really starting to come together and click for him. And I, I'm excited for what I think he can do this year. If he if he gets the opportunity, I think he's going to make the most of it this year. That's why. Okay. Yeah, I, and I think, I mean, obviously I think he's going to get that opportunity. And, um, you know, you know, what's a, you know what another shame of it is for a guy like him is? I was thinking about this the other day um he's not who i picked by the way but i i was thinking about mitch keller randomly the other day because i need better priorities in my life i suppose but uh i'm just waiting for him <laughs> to be somebody's pick to be the bad surprise <laughs> <laughs> well that uh, our, our viewers will fill that in that in for you if we don't so yes. um but this the real shame of it is is he's been a really uh for for the most part a really healthy guy yeah. You know, he, he hasn't had any of the issues that we see with so many young guys coming up through that throw hard. And it's true. That's such a shame. Just from just from that standpoint that if you would have told me him, he, he's coming up through um, and given me his, uh, you know, uh, kind of what his attributes were and then told me, oh, by the way. He's going to be pretty remarkably healthy. I would have been shocked that we're at this point um, with him. So I, I just think what I, what he's fought through so far, I think he's kind of gone through the the mental 
challenge aspect of, of becoming a starting pitcher. He's gone through the physical tolls letting him down. He's learned the lesson that um, the velocity on his fastball is not enough. You have to place it too. I think he's learned that um, you can't just whip a little curveball up there anymore. It's got to come in there with feeling and gusto and be placed. And I, I think we started to see some of that towards the end of last year. And I like how he's progressed into the offseason here. I, I just feel a different Mitch Keller is coming back next year. One that a lot of us aren't expecting to see. Interesting. So, your turn, you, sir. What yeah, do you, got? Let, you can go good or bad. You don't have to go in order here. Well, no, but let's 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 stay on the positive side of things. Um, uh, here's somebody that, and I'll be honest, until really this week and me – sitting down and taking a look at some things with him. Tell you who I think could be if he gets the opportunity. I think Michael Chavis can do some things if you give him enough at-bats. And I think there's enough looking at kind of what he's done. Um, You know, he when he got his first chance with Boston, there was a lot – to be um, encouraged about there. I mean, he was hitting. He was at the end of June. He had 14 homers and 44 RBI and was hitting 261 for the Red Sox. And, I mean, a lot has happened since then, and I get that. Right, right. But, you know, he's got the pedigree. He's a first-round draft pick. He, he, he has shown some ability in the past. If he's healthy, I would let the guy play. I, I'm I'm more convinced that they should let him play now than I even was last year watching him. Just because I think, my God, we give everybody else the opportunity that we wish they wouldn't keep time and time again. Whether it's Anthony Alford or you know whoever. I mean, let's not mention some of the other names that we had to endure. But so we can't give a guy that's 26 that has actually done it halfway through a, a major league season when he first even when he, he I mean, first got called up. Don't you think he would have gotten more opportunity if he didn't get injured last year? I mean, like I, I think they were he, trending towards giving him a lot of chances and at bats. So yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not criticizing that part. I think they were planning on it. I hope that they stick with that. I hope that yeah. they give him enough. Even over a span of, I think he's got just over 600 plate appearances now. He's almost hit 30 home runs in his career. I mean, so this this is a guy that I think, let's move him b- between second and first, find him enough at bats. Hey, yeah. maybe we have a DH to, to – to, to, right. and let's let him play. He yeah. is not 28 or 29. He's still 26 and won't be 27 until the end of this year. I think if you play him – he gives me some confidence that you might be able to see a little something out of him. That's my guy. I like the pick, man. I really do. I, yeah, I, I do. I do one. too. He and he offers, you know, he offers a little some some pop in his bat, and he's a kind of a little scrappy. I think if yeah, if he can stay healthy and and like you said, have him play uh, first, second, and some DH, and and uh, and uh, it could be yeah, could be Much a needed uh, pop, a nice yeah. You, you should be able to scrape together uh, enough at bats for him around yep. around those two positions in a DH. Yeah. And um, you know he hit baseball at a time where he then he got hurt 
in in that first season and then we had shortened seasons and COVID and whatever so like he's if you look at somebody who probably got affected a lot by a lot of you know quite a bit by a lot of that stuff he's never really found his footing since then right and my goodness if you want to find some footing do it here do it in pittsburgh and give him the opportunity so i mean uh graves what do you think about uh him or who do you have that you you see yeah no i i actually i i love the 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 chavez pick i i uh had uh, tossed his name around in, um, when I was when I was uh, looking here as well. I actually I settled on um, Bryce Wilson. I yeah. um, I just I like his mound presence. I like his composure, and I think with his experience from such a young age, coming up through with Atlanta. Um. I, I, I like that. Uh, I, I like what he does. And I think he's going to, uh, by the end of the season, um, he could be uh, certainly one of our top uh, couple of pitchers. And now that's not uh, necessarily counting uh, Contreras. I think, you know, he's going to have a, uh, a uh, good year as well. And, and uh, obviously the floor is going to be much higher with him. But uh, as far as this season goes, I, I'm excited to see what Wilson can do. Um, give I him like the Bryce Wilson pick because that's something that a lot of people don't really realize. Is he, he's been treated like a yo-yo yeah. his entire career. He's been up and down so many times. Um, yeah, he has. The Pirates are definitely going to give him a shot to stick. So, Graves, I mean, do you think that that's the kind of thing that that he really takes and runs with this year? Is that is that where you're going with it? Yeah, it, it is because I, I do see them giving him an opportunity. He's going to go out there, you know, hopefully every five days. He's going to stay healthy. And, uh, and you know, he's he's going to be able to give us those innings that we that we desperately need from our from our rotation. And um, he, he has been a bit of a, a yo-yo and, and, I think that can be a, a detriment to especially some guys, you know, if you're looking at the, at, you know, in the bullpen, you know, they, they come up for a in pitch and then they go back down because we need a fresh arm. And, and so uh, I think starting pitching is going to be, is going to be different. And, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm excited to see what, uh, what he can do with uh, some stability and with uh, giving him an, an opportunity to, to go out there and pitch every five days. I mean, I like our first round here because you know we've we've basically predicted a good uh, two members of the starting rotation, and um, Jim's predicted basically a, a, a new starter emerging in the field a little bit here. So, yeah. not bad. I, I mean, I think I think it's healthy to 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 expect certain players to take a step forward. Maybe um, surprised to take a step back isn't fair. Because uh, I think mostly everybody would have a hard time doing that on this team, <laughs> and and the thing is, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think Reynolds is going to get worse or anything. So um, it's it's well, difficult to predict somebody taking a step back. But I guess I could maybe change this more to who do we expect to wash out entirely this year. And I, I think there's definitely some candidates there. Um, 
I, I think that we're probably looking at Cole Tucker. I think uh, we're going to find out that the end of last year was an was um, an aberration. Uh, an, well, yeah, a mirage. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> I think it was a positive step that is not going to be realized on this team. And I just think there's too much coming to play with him much longer. And uh, it's sad because I honestly think the kid could could truly be a terrific ambassador for the game of baseball and the Pirates in general if he could do it. I just don't see it. I just don't see it in him. And that's, that's the real shame of it. And I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes out and just ropes balls all over the park. But my gut tells me he he's my pick to probably wash out this year altogether. I just don't want to lose his girlfriend. Can we just put that right out there right now? That 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 would that would kind of bum me out. You know, no no Vanessa Hudgens would be a would be a bummer. I, I mean, I, I could care less, really. So, like, um, hey, yeah, you can you can do all the Hollywood stuff yourself. I'm good, I'm good with that. Graves, let's go with you. Who do you got for completely washing out this year? And you're you're normally a overly positive person, so this one might be difficult for you. This this is this one's a little tougher for me, and and um, I'm still kind of scrolling through the list, and and I've actually I've I've settled on um, Travis Swaggerty. Yeah, I I you know I, what I don't blame you for that. You know, I, uh, you know, p- p- part of me thinks, you know, in the back of his mind, he's always good. He's going to be kind of having uh, that robo ump in his, in his mind. <laughs> and and he, he's going to be thinking <laughs> about that. And, and uh, so he, that, he that probably won't even see it. He probably won't even see it once. I probably so, probably so. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, to me this this is the year that uh, you know he he's he's one of those guys that just has not been able to stay healthy, and um, he's got to prove himself how healthy. He's got to come out to a quick start, and and if if that doesn't happen, then uh, you know there's easily several guys that that could surpass him on the uh, on the list that uh, you know could could take his spot. So I'm I. Um, Travis, yeah, Swaggerty's the guy. Yeah, I'm I looking. feel bad for for Travis Swaggerty in certain ways. First, yeah. I should say, I, I I've never liked the pick, um, so like it's not surprising to me that I, I'm not real high on him right now. I've never liked the bat. I never thought it was going to come along. Um, he's he's been handed some really raw deals as far as COVID goes, and right, um, you know, but. But as we know, that that's happened for a lot of guys. Sure, so, it has him in particular. Yeah, COVID took away you know a season where he should have really been getting some good playing time, and he uh, he moved up anyway, and then catastrophic injury, and yeah. yeah, I just it's hard. And then you know you get drafted as a college kid as it is, you know you're already battling some of that. Uh, stigma that you're getting old 
you don't have as much time. Right. You, right. you just you just do not unless unless you just completely you know, you're you're doing so well that teams don't care how old you are. That's what people don't think very often about the fact like that Cole Tucker's been in this system for seven years. Travis Swaggerty just got drafted in twenty eighteen, so like it's not like it's not like he's been around forever. It's not like he's died on the vine or anything. Right. Um but I, I agree with you. Like I've, I, for instance, I just I've never liked the bat. I think defensively he could play. Mm-hmm. I could I'd throw him out in center field tomorrow and feel comfortable. But we saw Polanco struggle with that shoulder injury too. I I don't a hundred percent know how well he's going to come back this year. So that's a good call on your part, I think. If not relatively safe, but I, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you because I know being negative at all is difficult for you. So. It is. It is. Yes. We're, we're, we're working on that, Graves. We'll yeah. we'll 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 get you a little more uh, uh, negative sometimes. Look, she okay. strategically is not on camera too. She didn't want <laughs> she yeah. didn't want to be able to trick. She wants to be like Gary dubbed that in. I didn't have anything <laughs> to do with it. Funny how that works out. So Jim, on to you, man. I mean, I know negative's not a problem. But <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, let me throw a couple guys out there that. Well, uh, let me just say that I'm worried about. I'm if that's that's where I want to put it. Um, See, we could have done. We could have been nice and done that for Graves too, and she would have had yeah, an easier but, time. But we, we 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 were not going to let her off the hook this time, Gary. <laughs> um, but, okay, so first guy that I'm worried about, because I do think this is such a pivotal year for him, uh, is JT Brubaker. I am worried about JT Brubaker. Um, what are you worried about? I am worried that um, last year um, he's going to come out and struggle. And the things that I thought maybe he was a little bit better at – once I started looking into some of his numbers, they weren't there like I thought they would be. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, I remember seeing, you know, I think he he, he pitched about 130 innings last year. Mm-hmm. I think he might have – I think he struck out 129 or 131 guys in those 130 innings, I would have guessed it would have been a little higher. You know, those things worry me uh, for a league where you have to be able to get some guys out with the strikeouts. Um, So that's, yeah, I mean, that's just not the type of pitcher he is though. So I know, but he's, but, but one, but anymore, he's gonna, he's gonna have to improve on that a little bit. I think, um, Obviously, he can't have the ball leaving the yard close to thirty times. I mean, we just, uh, and sure. and you know what? That will probably that part of it. I think you see sometimes there's just a year where a guy gets bit by that, um, and for whatever reason, uh, Garrett Cole it happened to. Uh, and trust me, I'm not confusing the two. I'm just saying it happens. Um, yeah. But so I I worry about his his uh, viability as as a starter if he can't improve a little bit and he's got to get the home runs down i think he's got to get the strikeouts up a little bit i i think one for one anymore in major league baseball is the absolute bare minimum you can really do as a starter unless you're maybe like 
a lefty that uses a lot of smoke yeah. and mirrors to get guys out. I just don't know if you can survive that way in Major League Baseball. So he I would, think, I think he JT, would be my guy. Well, I think like what I like about JT is he is what he has been throughout his progression. He hasn't really changed the type of pitcher he is. I, and I, I really didn't see a lot of the alarm bells last year with him until he started getting a little bit long in the tooth as far as like the number of innings that he was throwing last year. The ball right. started creeping up on him. The strikeout numbers really plummeted after he got past about the midway point of the season because he was doing pretty well with the strikeouts early on. It got worse and worse as the year went on. Yeah, so. I think everything about him got worse and worse as the yeah. season went on. Yeah, he, you know, dealt with the dead arm, and and that certainly yeah. didn't help things. And and uh, you know, and just as far as looking at age, I mean, JT Brubaker's twenty eight, and and Bryce Wilson's twenty four. I like the idea of going with the with the younger rotation and seeing what these guys can do. So I, uh, you know, I still like JT Brubaker, but you know, he's 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 a uh, he definitely. It's going to be interesting to see how he how he bounces back from from the end of last year. And and I think that's the big distinction too. Is you know I like J T. Brubaker. I like I like how he competes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a matter of any of that. Uh, you know, but yeah, you know he he's starting to get up there in age for a guy that you're looking for to see. Is there anything really more there? Is there? No, you're right. Well, he, he either does it this year or he doesn't. He, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's when you're when you start pushing upper twenties and and you're still trying to figure it out, boy. Yeah, you know, I, I would worry about that. Um, someone else, oddly enough, that I can see. I think you could make a great case that I could be super worried about, and and also uh, feel like there's nowhere to go but up is Kevin Newman here. I didn't want to let, I didn't want to let this segment go without Kevin Newman being in it. Cause he's, yeah. he's such, but I know, I think you can make an argument either way. Um, I probably would go on, you know, on the assumption that uh, he could, he could improve a little at the plate, but my goodness, he was so bad last year. Does it worry me? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell I mean, you what. I, I agree with you. I, I think he could actually get worse. You're right. But let's uh, let's add one more category on here because okay. this is interesting. Number one target you see getting traded before this season starts. <laughs> oh, oh, before the season. Yeah, and I'll start. I think Kevin Newman is candidate number one to get moved before this season starts. I really do. I I think there mm. is legitimate interest yeah. from about four teams that that I don't think is going to go away, and I think uh, there are four teams that could um, live with him just being a defense first player. Exactly, they can do the a whole lot more than than what the Pirates can. So yeah, get him for his uh, his defense and whatever they get with his bat. Yeah, they can. Uh, that they can they can uh, look the other way on that. Yeah, and I don't know why I just have that gut feeling, and I, I think it was maybe I saw earlier uh, today that you know people were pounding rocks about Brian Reynolds getting traded again, 
but uh, I think the, I think Kevin Newman is a realistic possibility to get traded, and I actually think it might really be a baseball trade. I think the Pirates have viable options um, that can play there, and you know, let's be honest. Like we were talking about last week, Jim. Even if Kevin Newman does catch fire this year and suddenly turns into a hitter, he kind of creates more of a problem than a benefit, right? <laughs> because yeah. they've got a lot of guys coming up here. Yeah, you know, I think um, I, I'm trying to walk through this in the sense of, okay, if they moved him before the season started, what would their plan be? Um, it's short in the interim. Would they just let um, – Cole Tucker be the shortstop? Would Bruce? Well, I, I just see in in and I just don't think they'll know that until the spring happens. I think it, you're assuming fully. I think you're putting a little bit too much on what they're gonna supposedly see in a few weeks of spring. I think I think these teams make these decisions long before. Like I don't think that jobs are won in spring like that. I just don't. I don't believe that. I never have. And and the reason I say that is because if you're going to bring up a kid or you're going to give a kid a shot to come up, he's not going to do anything in three weeks of spring that's going to change your mind one way or another. How many pitchers have we seen come out and look like Jordan Lyles a few years ago, right? He did absolutely nothing to win his job in the starting rotation in spring. He stunk out loud. They started him fifth because they signed him to be the fifth starter. It was going to happen one way or another. If Jose Quintana stinks this spring, he's still going to start. It's not going to matter. I think they do that a lot with with a lot of these players. And if if O'Neill Cruz stinks... uh, Cole Tucker can play shortstop. They'll live with it. You know, if they can get somebody for Kevin Newman. They would. They would definitely live with it. I think, though, that my – the only reason I put an O'Neill Cruz type situation in a little bit different of of an area is simply because um, he's young and you just don't know if it's ready yet. And what if he just – looks completely the part and, and and just is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball in spring training. Um, there's there's an unknown factor with a guy like that that with some of these older fellows we're talking about, whether it's Quintana or whoever, that you, you just don't have that big of an um, unknown factor with. Do I think it changes their plans massively? No. Um, ideally, I'd like to see Kevin Newman – play well enough to get traded at the break where maybe you could get a little more for him at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that his, I guess I don't see his market value changing much um, one way or another. I mean, I guess if he was tearing the cover off the ball, but then again, I think uh, you'd be taking a fan base that's already really tired of trades and, and proving once again that all you got to do is play well to get traded on this team. And I, I don't know that I'd want to deal with it. Just trade him right now. <laughs> like, move it out of the way. Make room for what's coming. Be done with it. Youth movement. That's what I say. But anybody else that you've got, Graves, that you could see being traded here before the season starts? 
the, the one the one guy that I can see and, and before I before I answer I just want to say happy birthday to Brian Reynolds today is his birthday yeah. oh yes of course so, yes. well yesterday by the time this airs but yes exactly so uh, very true I I actually I I I'm leaning towards Cole Tucker being traded actually hmm I I don't know know if there's enough interest in, uh, in Kevin Newman, but I could possibly see a little bit more interest in someone like Cole Tucker, just because he can, he is shown to be able to play the outfield somewhat. And that might interest a team a little bit more to, to, to having that flexibility. Um, Maybe I mean Kevin Newman's played left field too. I mean, like I, I think there that's pretty comparable. But I hear yeah. You. I mean, I just other than that, I mean, I just man before the season, and that, that's a tough one. I just I don't see any name just really sticking out to me. I mean, I know Chris Stratton has been a a, a name mentioned yeah. before the the lockout, but uh, you know, I don't I don't see. I don't see the the big hurry to, to trade him either. So, yeah, I think um, look, they're they're still looking. If you believe Ben Sherrington, that they're still looking to add pitching. Yeah. So I think you can like kind of lop that whole half of the roster off as far as the pitching goes. I think they want to keep as much of it as they can and sort through it and 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 go from there and even add a piece. Um, and yeah, so when you get onto the offensive side of things, it's it's tough to see anything that that really makes a lot of sense at this point. Stratton is a guy, but I think if you've made it this far with him and it hadn't happened in the off season, off season, the true off season, right? Then then I think he's there, and and you wait to see what you could get for him maybe at the deadline. So yeah, um, but yeah, there's there, offensively, there's not a lot. That, that I don't think that they're going to be able to do because of situations. Yeah. I think that's why maybe I, maybe that's why I land on Kevin Newman, but I, I do think that they have so many middle infielders and so many coming that it just stands to reason that they would want to move one of those former number one picks that right. maybe someone else can fix and maybe you get a lottery ticket and, you know, it's it's something that I think you can actually move for something better. Yeah, you um, you you look for depth. That's where it is in the organization. Uh, you know, we can argue whether it's good depth or not, but that is where there are are more um, bodies that you can shuffle around. Right. Mm-hmm. So, hey, interesting times coming up here, uh, and I do believe we're going to have baseball. I think that is the one big takeaway from the CBA stuff is they're inching closer. They're giving up stuff already. That's a positive sign, um, you know, a few weeks out from really needing to make progress. So I, I guess, uh, if nothing else, we're going to be actually talking about real baseball games at some point this year, and that's kind of exciting, right? We haven't done this show yet doing that. <laughs> You know, since since the, we've been on the network, so good stuff yeah. there. But uh, I think that should be about enough baseball talk for one week, everybody. We'll come back next week and do some more. 
So, uh, everybody, how do you get a hold of yourselves here? Graves, I'll let you start. All right. Well, I am Voice from the Graves. You can find me at KG underscore 55 VFTG. Give me a follow on Twitter and uh, let's go Bucks. Yeah. And uh, Jim, how's everybody get a hold of you? I know you're all about the city. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's at Jim Stam 22 or for the city underscore 412. And um, uh, basically all Pittsburgh all the time. I do want to mention how good of a time we had at the North Shore Tavern. Yeah. Um, we did. Uh, you know, we, we, we plugged it a bunch. Uh, we did our live show from there uh, on the 22nd of January. And we got to meet a lot of people that we had never seen in person before. Yeah. Um, and, hey, we hadn't even seen Graves before. Exactly. So, you, know, you know what I mean? So that, that, that right there. But it was such a good time. Uh, I hope we can do it again. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's a great environment to sit down and talk some baseball with everyone. And uh, not only did we get to meet uh, people, uh, fans of the show, we actually got to see meet people's families. It was just cool. So I, really cool, I, I appreciate North Shore Tavern for letting us do it. Uh, Mike, the owner, more than gracious. And, um, yeah, so it was it was fun. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, everybody who came out and made it out in the bitter cold to uh, to join us and have cold beers yep. <laughs> at North Shore Tavern. Definitely you. Thank you yes. for everything you guys donated to uh, let us give away DK Pittsburgh Sports. We appreciate that. I mean, um, you know, people often think that we, we are, like, employed by them, but we're not. So, like, them giving us things to give away was really nice. So, thank you. And, um, yeah, North Shore Tavern, of course. Wonderful place. My wife loves it so much I had to go back last night for her birthday <laughs> with, uh, with her parents. So we had a good time there again on, on Wednesday night. So <laughs> good stuff. But uh, without further ado, Ben, take it away. Yes, yes, yes.